we've been looking at the life of Moses, and, you know, um, like Max has said, you know, we're kind of going through, starting with Genesis, and we're, we're like storying through the Bible, because the Bible is full of stories, and we're going to look at stories, and, and these stories that I want to say, they're not like fables or myths, but they're actual history, right? And so, you know, we started in January, and, you know, by 2035, I think we might be done, but, you know, we're in Genesis still, we just moved to Exodus, we're in Exodus now, and, you know, with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, you know, God has a significant call for Moses' life, you know? that there's something that God wants you to do. And looking at these stories, um, it's really instructional for us. You know, that is real valuable for us because, because God has a call for each one of us. So we look at their examples, and there's so much that we can learn. And you think, well, what does it mean that God has a call for our lives? Well, it simply means that God has, God has created you, God created you really with... Um, with talents and skills. Uh, he's given you a personality, spiritual gifts when you accept the Lord, um, uh, a passion. You know, there's a unique mix of talents and gift and personality and, and passion, all that stuff to make you. And he gave you all that. He created you with all that for a reason and a purpose. And that reason and a purpose is what we just call, you know, God's has a call on our lives, that you're here for a reason. You're not just here to live, to take up air and take up space, but God's given you. You notice that everybody's unique. Everybody has a different set of skills and gifts and all these kind of things. But, but God has uniquely created you for a reason and a purpose to make a difference in our world. And last week, Pastor Max uh, looked at how the, you know, an angel of the Lord came and appeared to Moses out of a burning bush. And I always thought that story was really great, you know, that you know, this bush that's burning, that's really not burning. And, and just, but, you know, there was um, the angel of the Lord, and God spoke to Moses there and told him that he would be leading the nation of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. To which we all know, oh, yeah, that's the Charlton Heston thing. And, but, you know, how many people... Uh, estimates are between two and a half to three and a half million people. So here's this burning bush. God speaks to you saying, hey, I got, I got a job for you to do. You know, I want you to take all the people, all the Israelites out of Egypt under Pharaoh's control and take them out of Egypt, and I'm going to tell you where I want you to go. And not only that, it's like two and a half, three, you know, three and a half million people. You know, that's, that's beyond imagination. You know, that's, that's crazy. And something to remember is that when God calls us to something, it really is, and it often is, bigger than what we think we can handle. You know, that God gives us a God-sized call, you know. And, and often it's something that's like, man, this is crazy. Because a God's, God-sized call requires faith, right? Because if God called you to do something, oh, yeah, I can do that easy. No. What God has created you for is something beyond what you think you can handle. And when God calls us to something, like what Max talked about last week, we often ask what Moses asks, and it's like, who am I? 
right? Like, who am I? Now, Mark, I want you to go and start a church. Who am I to start a church? You know, there's so many better people. You know, there's so many more gifted and experienced people to go start a church. And God says, yeah, I know, but I'm going to use you anyway, right? And there's so many things and so many times when God calls us to something, and you know it's God because you just go like, oh, who am I to do that? And the neat thing about this is that, yeah, Moses must have felt totally unworthy, unprepared to do this. But, but, but God, but God prepared him. You know, Pastor Max talked about how Moses must have felt like a has-been, right? Here's this 80-year-old guy, messed up earlier in his life, tended, tending sheep for the last 40 years of his life, and God says, you're going to be the guy going to take my nation of Israel out of Egypt, right? And it's not like, man, I'm washed up. You know, I'm washed up. But that's what, God's, that's what God does, that God prepared Moses for what was up ahead. And today we're going to look at this small passage with this huge encouragement for us all, that after this burning bush encounter with God, um, Moses tells God, right? And we look in, Gen- uh, in Exodus chapter 3, we look, Moses tells God, like, man, God, man, who am I? I? I can't do this. And he's having this dialogue uh, with God. And in Exodus chapter 4, he continues this dialogue. But God reassures Moses. God reassures Moses and asks him a really simple question. Just one question, that's a simple question that in a very prophetic sense is a question that God is asking each of us today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 4. Uh, start verse 1, <clears throat> Exodus 4, verse 1. One of the best things that when we go through, you know, as we're going through the Bible, um, you know, we start in Genesis, I know it's a lot easier for you all to find, right? If I said, turn to Amos, now that might take you all a while, but Exodus, that's an easy one. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. But Moses protested again, what if they don't believe me? Or listen to me. Makes sense. What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Like, why should we listen to you? Right? Did the Lord even really appear to you? Okay. Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? What is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down his shepherd's staff, and it turned into a snake. And Moses jumped back, or the NIV says Moses ran away, right, which is pretty reasonable, right? You drop your staff, and all of a sudden it turns to a snake. Nobody likes snakes. And so he jumps back, and then the Lord tells him to do something that I find pretty peculiar. He says, reach down and grab its tail, right? Now, here's a snake. I don't... I've never met a snake in person, but I don't think grabbing it by the tail is the best idea because the head's on the other side, right? You know, how many of you, you folks ever played with like praying mantis? Have anybody played with praying mantis? I used to love playing with praying mantis. I used to like have a cardboard box. I was my pet, praying mantis. And, and you had to hold it you know, the, the, the beady eyes and the, the skinny neck. You got to hold it right behind the head. 
Because if you don't, you know, the thing goes back and it just like pinches you, right? You don't want to get pinched by that thing. And after a little bit, you understand you grab it really high. Well, I don't need to, you know, be in the company of snakes to know that if I grab the tail, you know, the head's going to come around and, and, and I'm not going to like it, right? But God tells them, reach down and grab his tail. That's weird. But Moses, but Moses, knowing that he can trust God, right? Moses reached out, grabbed it, and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. I thought, man, that's pretty cool. Right? That's pretty cool. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has really appeared to you. And, Moses, and God asks Moses that question. What is that in your hand? And that's what God asks us. Well, what is that in your hand? God's called Moses to do something. And Moses said, man, I don't know if I can. What if they don't listen? What if they don't do that? God calls us to something. I don't know if I can. I'm... And, and God says to Moses, Moses, what do you got in your hand? And Moses said, I got an ordinary shepherd's staff that I've used for the last 40 years. Me and my sheep, that's what I used, you know? And, and, and God said, throw it down. And he turned to a snake, grab it, turn back to a staff. And God tells Moses that, hey, do that with what you have in your hand. And then people will say, okay, all right, Moses, we know that God has appeared to you. And what, what God did was he took something really ordinary and he made it extraordinary. He took something that was natural and he did something supernatural to it, right? But it started with something that was already in his hand. And he's not asking Moses, you know, what would you like to have? Or what do you think you need? He's saying, what, what's, what do you got in your hand? You know? And, and it's as though God is saying to Moses, and he's saying to us today, he's saying, he's not asking to use anything that, that we don't have or to be someone we're not. The God says, I'm going to use you just the way you are. And I'm going to use you with, with whatever you have, you see. That I can, I can do anything. And I will use you. Because so often, when God calls us to something, we want to think that we've got to be someone else. Right? Or we've got to have something else. And God is saying, no. I'm going to use what you have. And we look how God used his staff, and that staff in Moses' hand, in so many amazing ways, right? He strikes the Nile River, it turns to blood in Exodus 7, 17. Brought a plague of frogs out of the water, 8, 8 5. Struck the dust, turned them into gnats, Exodus 8, verse 16. Stretched it out toward heaven, bring down fire, thunder, and hail. Chapter 9, verse 23. Brought a plague of locusts, divided the Red Sea, struck a rock with it, got water. You know? And when he held it high in the air, you know, his warriors prevailed in battle. 
And, and what God is asking us today, and what God is asking you today, what do you have? What is it that's in your hand? What is it that's in your hand? And, and, and what we can learn from this short passage and what we can be encouraged is that God uses what we have in powerful ways. See, God's going to use what you already have, and he's going to use it in powerful ways. Well, I don't have that much. You don't need that much. Because God will take whatever you have, and he'll use it in a powerful way. That's what God does. Miriam, you know, Moses' sister, had, a, had in her hand a tambourine, and she used it to lead the people to praise God after they crossed the Red Sea. We're going to find out more and more as we go through the stories after story how important worship is. David had a sling in his hand, defeated the giant. A widow had just enough food in her hand for, for a last meal for her and her son. And he off, she offers this up to God's prophet Elijah. And God continues to feed them miraculous ways with what she had in her hand. A little boy had a sack lunch in his hand, and God used that little sack lunch. Jesus used that little sack lunch to feed over 5,000 people. You know, that's what God does. He doesn't ask us you know, he, for, to use or, or to be anything beyond what we are and what we have. He asks us, what is that in your hand? And he will empower it. He will empower what we have so we can walk in his call for our lives. That's what God does. You know, what is it that you have in your hand? You know, the second thing is that, what do we have in our hand? You know, what is it that I have? You know, some of us think, well, I don't, have, I don't have anything in my hand. Well, here's some things for you to consider. Time. We all have 24 hours a day, right? Nobody has more. A bunch of us wish we had, but we all got 24 hours. The challenge is, what do we do with what we are given? You know, what do we do with what we're given? Are we willing to give God control, open up our hand, and give God control of our time? Can we trust God with our time? And you know what? If I ask all of you, can we trust God with our time? We all go, yes! I don't think anybody here would say, I don't know if I can. That we all can trust God with our time. But I, I think the challenge is, is to let go. Because there are things that we want to do, Right? It's not that we don't think we can trust God. It's just that, man, we got things we want to do with our, we have desires, we have things that we consider important that make it really hard to open our hands and give it over to God. And I just want to share a couple verses just for you to consider that maybe, you know, when God asks what's in our hands, you know, a big one is time. One that we know, Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Really familiar verse. What is he saying there in Matthew 6, 33? He's saying, open up your hand. Seek God first. Let him use what you have in your hand. Let him use your time. And he's going to give you everything you need. You know? and, and as I go through life, you know, it's hard to let go at times, but every time I do, I look back, you know, God has given me everything I needed. And not only that, he's given me so much more. You know? Ephesians 5, verse 11. From, this is from the message paraphrase. It's a really good one. It says, don't waste your time 
on useless work. Mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. Expose these things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in darkness where no one will see. Rip the cover off those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep. Climb out out of your coffins. Christ will show you the light. So watch your step. Watch your step. Use your head and make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. And, you know, we don't look at it like these are desperate times. You know, I have a, on my iPad, I have a game. Okay? It's, like, um, it's like a golf simulator game, right? And, you know, I was preparing. I thought, I'm going to take a break. Okay? So I'm playing this golf game, you know, this silly golf. I don't really even play golf, but I, I'm good on that one. So I'm playing that. I put it down. Hour and a half later. And I could have swore it was just like seven minutes. And I thought, how did that happen? That I just goofed off, wasted time for an hour and a half. Okay, but what's the big deal, Mark? Well, the big deal is this. I, I should have slept an hour and a half earlier. Okay? I didn't. So after I played, and this is just me, right? I'm thinking, man. If I, if on, on hole seven, if I didn't miss that, I would have been five under, and I'm thinking, so now I'm thinking and I can't sleep for the next hour. And then it starts to rain outside, like, I thought, oh man, there's the windows, I go check the windows. I sleep at 1.45 last night. My plan was 10 o'clock, right? We had to get up, we had to be here at a certain time this morning. Taking a shower, and I'm thinking, oh, this is crazy. And all of a sudden, Ephesians 5 came to my mind. Don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work. And I went through all that for all of you. <laughs> because God loves you. See? So pray for the guys in second service, because I might be like, oh. You know? And I, I check my Fitbit thing, right? Now, how much sleep did I get? You know, like, how much sleep did I get? Like, you know, download looking. All right, come on, at least five, baby, at least five. Three hours and 49 minutes. Don't waste your time on mere busy work. And that's what I did. What is in your hand? God wants to use whatever time you have in powerful ways. In powerful ways. Another thing is our talents. God has given each one of us special skills and talents. It could be things like writing or carpentry, dancing, cooking, all kinds of stuff that God has also given to, as you accept the Lord, these special spiritual gifts kick into action. God also gives us resources like money, and he entrusts some of us, some of you, with more than some of us, you know? But it really doesn't matter how much talents and skills and stuff that we have. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to God. It might matter to us, but it doesn't matter to God. All that matters is what is it that's in your hand? You know, what is it that's in your hand? That's what it is. Because God will take whatever talents and skills and, and gifts and resources that we have, 
and he will use them, he will empower them as we walk in his call for our lives. I, I'm not really good at hardly anything. Well, that hardly anything, that's in your hand. You open it up, God will say, you know, I will take that. You might be like a one-skilled person. Nobody here is a one-skilled person. But if you had that one skill, God can empower that one thing. See? And that's what God does. God says, I'm not asking you to be the most talented, most gifted, most skilled person. I'm asking you, what's in your hand? You know, what's in your hand? Colossians 3, 23. It says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. This should be our attitude, right? You know? Like, say you're working at Bank of Hawaii and you're working under Dave Oyatamari's team. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for Dave Oyatamari. Right? That's what you want, right, Dave? You want to work as to the Lord, right? That's what Dave does. You know, that's what we do. We work. That's our attitude. Matthew 25, 29. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. That should be our motivation. The more we exercise and use what we have, the more God will empower that. You know? You know, Rachel is someone who serves a lot, but he also gives a lot. He's one of the most generous people I know. And you know the thing with Ray? That God, just as he gives, God gives him more. Why does God do that? Because he knows Ray. And the more he gives Ray, the more God, the Ray will bless others. You know? And that's what God does. You see, that's what it says. To those who use well what they're given, even more will be given. That should be our motivation. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. God has given Christians these spiritual gifts that are again given to bless others. God didn't give you the gifts just to hold it in and say, yeah, I got this gift. It's to bless others. And so what is in your hand? Because God wants to use whatever talents and skills and gifts and all those things. He wants to use what you have in a powerful way. In a powerful way. What else do we have in our hand? Treasures. You know? Is it your checkbook? Is it your car keys? Is it the keys to all the stuff that we have? Yeah, it's really hard to let go of our stuff because we work so hard to get it. But God isn't telling us to get rid of that stuff. The truth is, is that all, it's, it's all God's anyway. And he's entrusting them to us. He's saying, what's in your hand? And as we open our hands, it's our treasure. God wants to use what we have in our hand. You know? You know, Pat has guitars and stuff, and he plays. That's his treasure. Hey, Pat, that's a really nice guitar. Can I have it? Oh, sure. No, it's just my treasure. But the more he uses, he says, God, I'm going to use this. Right? And the more he says, God, I'm going to empower your treasure, Pat, so that you're going to bless many more people with the skill and the treasure that I have entrusted you with. You see? 
That's what God does. You see, Justin and Mirasol Panoke, um, they, they have the, the blessing to, to live in this really wonderful place. You know, they live in a place where, you know, their backyard overlooks Amanalani Bay, and it's just really nice and peaceful, you know. And, and the thing that I appreciate about them is that they open their hand and say, what's in your, what's in your hand, Panoke? It's, it's this house that you've allowed us to live in. And, and what, what, what they do is they open their hand, they allow God to use it, and, and their house becomes a blessing to many people. Some of you here have gone to their house through Alpha, you know, that they host Alpha, our Alpha course, and you'll hear more about that in the future, but they host that. You know, they, they've hosted gatherings, and whatever God wants to use that house for, they're going to allow God to use that house because God has entrusted them with that place to live. And it becomes a blessing to many, many people. Matthew 6, 19 says, Don't store up your treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will be also. See, it's important to put our stuff in perspective. Because there's real treasures that, that, will stand, that will totally stand the test of time. That God has something so much better for us, awaiting us. And he's like, man, don't, don't mess with all this stuff. Everything you have here is for a reason and a purpose. I'm giving you stuff here. I'm entrusting you with stuff here so you can accomplish what I've called you to do. But when you get home, I tell you what, there's going to be something great. Mark, don't worry that you drive a Corolla because when you come home, that black Audi is yours. And you know what? Gas is free in heaven, Mark. And there's no speed suggestion signs. You know, you can go as fast as you want to. You know? There are no radar and cops in heaven. <laughs> Maybe they are. But, but he's saying, there's something so much better, you know, that what's in your hand, he's asking us. What's in your hand? God wants to use whatever treasure he's entrusted you with in powerful ways to bless others. And isn't that just a wonderful thing? When God uses you somehow and you look around and it's like, man, people are just so blessed. Right? I mean, that's like one of the greatest things, right? The greatest thing for me is, as a uh, you know, at Christmas as a parent, watching the kids open their presents. It's not opening the presents myself. The greatest thing is when you give someone to someone who's watching them, or you cook something for someone, watching them, it's not just eating it yourself, right? You know, God wants to use what we have, whatever treasures, to bless others in, in powerful, supernatural, extraordinary ways. See, there's some things that we need to know about what it is in our hands, right? Now, I want you to understand. First thing is, God always uses what you have. See, man, if, if you grab anything, grab that. God's going to use, and he always uses what you have. That's all he needs. He's not saying, 
You should, you should, you should say, what is it that you have in your hand? And whatever you have, use that. Give that to God, and God will use that in amazing ways. The second thing is, God cannot use anything until you let it go. See, God cannot use anything until you let it go. God will never force you to give up anything. See, he won't. But when you willingly offer it to him, he's going to do great things with whatever you have. God, I only have this. That's enough. And then the third thing is, you will never know the full potential of what you have until you allow God to have full control of it. It isn't how smart you are. It isn't how gifted you are. It isn't how rich you are. It isn't how talented you are or how charismatic you are, that matters. What matters is God is looking for a person who will open their hand and allow him to use whatever they have. And if you are willing to give God full control of what is in your hand, he will empower it. He will impart in in a way only God can. And he'll empower what you have, and he'll use it for his glory. He'll turn what you have. You have a staff in your hand. He's going to do a great and mighty thing. Throw it on the ground, turn it into a snake, grab it back up, back to the staff. God can do anything with whatever we have. But we'll never know what God can do with what we have until we open our hand and say, God, you can have full control of it. You can have full control of it. You see, God sent Jesus to earth on a rescue mission to save us all. That's God's heart. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some, is, some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. We got to understand that. That God, he could come with his judgment. He could come with all kinds of stuff. But he's saying, no, I'm holding everything back. I'm waiting for every." Because my heart is that everyone would come to know Jesus as their Savior and come to repentance. He wishes no one go to, to go to hell but everyone to have eternal life. That's God's heart. In Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man, Jesus came to seek and save those who were lost. That, he came for lost people. Who were lost? All of us were lost. And he said, I'm going to send my son Jesus on his rescue mission, and he's coming to seek and save those who are lost. And God gives us this amazing privilege and call to continue the mission Jesus started. That's why we're created. There is nothing more important, there is nothing more eternally important than that. In Matthew 28, you know, Great Commission, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, you know. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given to you and sure, be sure of this, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. That's God's call for us. That's God's call for this church. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, go out and make disciples. Of who? Of everybody. And that is a daunting call, right? That is like, whoa, can we even do this? You know? But Jesus said this. And let's remember, Jesus said this. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you in John 14, 12. Jesus is saying, I tell you the truth. Anyone, all of us, Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. 
if we believe in Jesus, all the things that we read that what Jesus did, he says, you're going to do the same thing. And then he goes on, he says, and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. See, he's saying, if we would open our hand and walk in God's call, he will so empower us and what we have that we will do what Jesus did and we'll do even more. Where does it start? God says, what's in your hand? You know, what is that you got in your hand? That's all he's saying. And he says, with what is in your hand, you're going to do everything that I have done. In fact, you're going to do greater things than that. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you this morning. God has a significant call, a significant call for your life. And he has been he is preparing you. He has prepared you for what he is calling you to do. And he is encouraging you. See, today I believe for many of us, God is encouraging us. I'm not telling you folks, most of you, I'm not telling you something new. I'm just saying, God is saying to us, he's reminding us, what is that in your head? You know, that I want to encourage you. That I got this amazing call. I got a reason for you to be alive. I got these wonderful things I want you to do. And all I'm asking is, what is that in your hand? And if you would, if you would show me and you would give it to me, I'm going to take what's in your hand and I'm going to use it in ways that you have never imagined. See, Max Fowler. Max Fowler that I, 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 I get the privilege of working with Max Fowler. And I look at Max, and especially over the last year, year and a half, two years, I see Max really, truly beginning to walk in a manner worthy of his calling. What does it look like when you walk in God's call for your life? See, for me and for you, Max Fowler... Pastor Max Fowler is a living example that in greater and greater ways, he's walking in God's call for his life. Do we all need to be like Max Fowler? No. Because what Max Fowler has in his hands is a little different than what we have. But God has called Max to be an evangelist and to draw many, many people to himself. I believe that God's going to use Max to see hundreds and thousands and thousands of people to come to know Jesus as their Savior and to begin walking as his disciple. And that's a huge call. That's a huge call. It's an exciting call. And as Max continues to give to God what is in his hand, he will see God empower what he has and who he is in significant ways. You see? I mean, some of you have been to Alpha, and some of you have seen, but, but you know, you look, and it's like, it's incredible how many people Max knows. And it's incredible how much people have come at least to check out who Jesus is through Max. And you look at Max, he's not anything special. He's just Max, right? Like, I mean, I mean, really. If, if God was going to choose someone to, for the call that Max has, 
it would be someone who kind of looks kind of like, maybe like me, right? Like me, like, like, oh yeah, Mark, I can totally see that. But Max, I mean, he went to Kaiser. <coughs> Sorry, Tyson. But that's the point. For us to walk in God's call, it starts with Max. What is that in your hand? And allowing God to use whatever you have, wherever you are. What has God done? What is God doing through what's in Max's hand? Well, Alpha. God is using Max to change our church and really to make God's call to go out and make disciples really the highest value in our church. I can tell you, you know, um, I was going to say, you know, like BC and AD, I was going to say BM, I mean, that would have been bad. So I can't say before. I was going to say before Max and after Max. It is clear that the value of going out and making disciples have jumped up in our church since Max has come, right? God is using Max to share how valuable Alpha can be, you know, to, to fulfill this value of going out making disciples. In fact, you know, God is so lifting up Max that he will be speaking in the next few months. He'll be speaking at a couple of conferences, you know, statewide and island-wide conferences and to pastors and churches about Alpha. They want Max. My phone has not rung yet. They want Max. Scott Gardner and Company, you know, we saw the Easter testimony with, with what's happening there. Max is serving as the pastor of that company, meeting with Scott and Karen and praying with employees, leading a monthly service. And God's doing something there, right? God's doing something there. What is he doing? He's doing with what Max has in his hand. Max's time, he goes there. He has a little cubicle of his own. I don't have a cubicle there. And Karen is my cousin. They're not even related. Max got a cubicle there. McKinley High School. God is using what is in Max's hand to draw students at McKinley to God. Max is leading a, um, Christian, the Christian club at, at, Mon- at um, McKinley. You know, this year he's in charge. Um, there's like 20 to 30 kids that will be coming, growing in their relationship with the Lord. They're going to be kids who are going to come to know the Lord at the Christian club. Max is leading that. Max is also leading a group of athletes in leadership principles with the goal of changing the culture at McKinley, right, through the athletes. Voluntary call went out. The coach just said one day, hey, we're going to have this leadership uh, group class. Pastor Max is going to lead it. If you can come over to Hirata Hall after school, that would be great. It's totally voluntary, whoever wants to go, right? 70 to 90 guys on the football team, right? Voluntary leadership group after school. How many kids went? I told Max, with that publicity and promotion, probably get zero. Because we've had zero before. 28 kids came out. 28 kids. Even beyond what Max had. Because all Max had in his hand was 10 manapua that he brought. Because he figured it might be like 70, like 28 guys. 
put the manapu away. <laughs> because 10 manapu will not, fit, will not feed 28 football players, right? But, but he's leading this group of athletes and leadership principals. Um, Max is also serving as a spiritual advisor to the football team. We meet every Wednesday with the football team, and we gather them. We, we talk about character things and all that. At the games, we're at the sideline. We talk to the guys before the game. And Max is, 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 is walking in a manner worthy of his calling. And these are just some of the ways God is using what is in Max's hand to empower him to walk in God's call. And if God is using Max to make an impact in the world, the truth is, really, the truth is, we ain't seen nothing yet. That God's going to use Max with what's in his hand in great ways. And the exciting thing is God will use every single one of us. Yeah? And, and your mantra should be this. If God can use Max, he can use me, right? You know, that God is calling us to arise and shine and to take this land. This isn't a time to sit back, get discouraged at the mess we're in. This isn't a time to retreat. This isn't a time to just go, I'm just going to worry about my stuff. I'm just going to live my life for me. You know, that, this isn't that kind of time. That the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, and, and there's absolutely no resistance in our culture. No, this is the time for us to arise and shine and to be the salt and the light that God's created us to be. That's what this time is all about. That this is a time to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. This is an exciting time. This is an exciting time. And God is calling all of us, all of you, to action. This is a time of action. This is why you're here on planet Earth right now. You could have been born at any time in history, but God created you to be born now for such a time as this. God has raised you up. God has put you in this church. God has put you here in Hawaii to do so, to walk in what God has called you to walk. God has created you with gifts and talents and all these things. And, and, and God is saying, you're here for a reason and a purpose. And so let God speak to you this morning. Open your ears, open your eyes and your heart because God is asking you a really important question. He's saying, what is it? What is that in your hand? See, that's what he's asking. You know, what is it that you have in your hand? And my encouragement is, you know, let's open our hand. And let's allow God to show you and to show us what he can do with what we have in our hand. See, that's the, that's the most exciting thing to me about God and 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 being a follower of Christ, is, is, is God will take who I am. And God will take what I have. And he'll take that mess. And he'll do something powerful and supernatural and extraordinary with those ordinary, natural, regular kind of things. Okay? That's what God wants to do. Hey, church, you know, this is the time. We've got to rise and shine. It's not a time to point fingers. It's not a time to slink back. This is not, uh, this is a time we got we to gotta snap into action. What do we do? What do we do? We answer the question, what is that in your hand? And we say, God, that's yours. So why don't you stand with me? And we're going to pray. And I want you to pray.
that I know God is encouraging some of you, if not all of you, that we've got to not just take a stand, but we've got to make a decision. Who we're going to live for? What are we going to live for? What are we going to use the time, the talent, the treasures in our lives? What are we going to use what is in our hands? What are we going to use and what are we going to do with all that God's given us? See, we've got a choice. And God is saying, church, man, if you would just, if you would just, if you would just take a step like Moses. Moses was going to lead two and a half to three and a half million people. What's in your hand, Moses? It's the staff. Well, I'll tell you what. Throw it on the ground. Pick it up. That's going to be a sign. And God is saying to you, I got an amazing call for you. All right. Who am I, God? And God's saying to you, look, what's in your hand? What is that in your hand? You got something in your hand. You turn that over to God. And God's going to do something amazing and powerful. We're not here. God doesn't want us to just exalt Max Fowler. No. Max is an example. Let's follow Max's example. Let's all walk in a manner worthy of our calling. What's that? Let's go out and make disciples. Let's do what God's calling us to do with what we have, right? Let's pray. Father, and we really think about it, it's scary. But if we really, really think about it, it's exciting. What could be more exciting than to trust you and to walk in, in, in what you have designed and created us to be. What can be more exciting than that? What can be more exciting and important than to see people around us saved and experiencing a life that will go on forever and ever to be reconnected with you? There's nothing else with eternal value. Nothing. And you give us the privilege. And so I pray, Father, that you would help us. You would empower us to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. That we would answer that simple question, what is that in your hand? And we would say, God, whatever we have in our hand is yours. Will you empower it so that I can walk in the call worthy, really, of my calling? and I can walk in a manner worthy of my calling. I pray you would empower every person here. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless. Again, if you need prayer, would like prayer, come up. Elders would love, love, love to pray with you. God bless. Have a great week.